When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lakers head into 2020, riding atop the Western Conference standings. Confidence and the morale for the team was high, but soon the tide would turn for the team, the NBA, and the world, as the tragedies of the year we've gone through soon hit us, starting with the loss of one of our most beloved players of all time. Listen in as we take a look back at some of the highs and the lows of 2020 in part two of our Lakers Championship Rewind. Once again with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, it's Gerald coming right back at you here along with my good friend. Well, you know him from Lakerholics.net. He's the man behind it. And also, you got to be a part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Tom, I just wanted to again wish you publicly a happy new year to you and your family and a great new decade to come. Same to you, Gerald. It's It's been a fun time doing the podcast with you. I really appreciate your professionalism and how you hold everything together. And looking forward to uh, another decade of podcasts. I'm looking forward to as well as also the rise of the Lakerholics.net experience also is coming to fruition as well. Glad to see everything as far as the comments are concerned. Everybody's getting excited about the Lakers season that's coming up in this part of the season. So I'm I'm just so happy for that. The Lakers are are looking a little bit better now. The homestand, home cooking as it were, just more excitement has been generated. Some still signs of concern. And as I said before we went on the show, you're you know, I don't know, maybe it's the change in seasons or whatnot, but I don't know, maybe I've been in your head a little bit too much, uh, but I, I think you're getting a little bit more like me, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing, uh, or maybe it is just more, you know, practicality, sensibility, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, my friend, but let's get to the good. The Lakers are now back on a five-game winning streak. They're now four games ahead in the Western Conference of everybody else, which obviously is a good sign, so maybe... Frank Vogel maybe can you know, kind of rest maybe LeBron and AD for a game or two, you know, hey, give it up for, you know, maybe a game or two or whatnot. The Knicks are in town, you know, Tuesday, maybe rest one of them, you know, just an idea I'm throwing out there, you know, just saying that whatnot. But it would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice. I think it's smart to go ahead and do that to say, hey, I'm going to give one or both of you a night off. In fact, you know what? Give them both a night off. Don't yeah. worry about the streak against under 500 teams. Give them both a night off so you can go ahead and and just you know, get them the time type of rest they need. But you know LeBron's not going to stand for it. Nah, neither is AD. You know AD's always had this reputation in previous years 
of getting dinged up all the time and, you know, and missing games. He'd play 60 games, 70 games a year, but never 82. And it's almost like he's uh, intentionally wanting to make sure that that reputation doesn't stick to him on the Lakers because uh, it doesn't matter how dinged up he is, he's going out there and playing. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I've been watching the evolution of Frank Vogel's comments from, you know, first being angry that we blew the lead and, you know, and let teams come back. And then the next game, that was a that was a 36-point lead that we blew. Then the next game, we blew a 24-point lead. You know, I don't grumble about that. Last night, he was just grateful that we get the win. <laughs> and you can sort of see that the evolution is that, you know, well, we've got some problems, and uh, and I and I, and I think he's I think he's starting to realize that that uh, the problems when LeBron is off the floor are more serious than he thought at first, and he's always been a guy who's I, I've, I've been suspect of him from an analytic standpoint, and he has always mentioned, for example, with Rondo that he looks at players like Rondo and and doesn't look at them entirely by just what the stats say. And the stats are, are, are pretty brutal in this case because uh, the Lakers with AD and, and LeBron on the floor have, you know, one of the best rating net ratings in the league, like 12.5. When it's uh, just LeBron on the floor, it's still like a net rating of over nine. But when it's just AD on the floor and you lose LeBron's playmaking ability as well as his scoring ability and his intelligence, we drop to a minus six. And that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. And I think it's frankly a direct reflection on on the problems that Rondo has had since he came back from that hamstring injury. You know, I really turned around there and and uh, I was actually lobbying you pretty heavily to support Rondo in his first his first eleven games, those first thirteen games that he played. He really had great numbers and he was he was doing a terrific job. He was shooting well from the outside. Shooting well, but, but also also not just dribbling the ball the entire time. And and uh, but now he's just like I mean, it's almost like he's determined to get Kuzma traded rather than him. You know the, the way he's ignoring Kuzma when he cuts and he's open and dribbles the ball down until the clock's run out and his defense has been horrible. So a lot of the things that I've been pushing in in Twitter and and on LakerHolics.net have been surrounding the fact that. Of those three things that we desperately need, you know, the third scorer, the second playmaker, and an elite wing defender, then the, the need for that second playmaker has really started to become a dominating force behind all of the opinions that I'm expressing about what the Lakers need to do in order to fix their problems. With the Lakers, they seem to do well enough each and every game that puts them out on top. And as long as they stay focused on the defensive end, they're going to be right there at the end. Again, little tweaks aside, they're still a great defensive team as long as they set their mind to it. And I think it just comes down to the mental focus you have for the rest of the season. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hello, everyone. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and the Lakers Fast Break. I wish I was here under better circumstances, but I'm sure as virtually everyone listening to this knows by now, we've lost someone great today. Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter crash along with his daughter, Gigi, Gianna, among, as being reported and updated, nine people have perished in a helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles and Calabasas 
and uh, here today to talk about it with me today about the the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, but also as well the life and and what we want to remember from him. Uh, so a good man indeed. We were actually scheduled to go ahead and speak later today on other Lakers issues, but that's being swept under the rug for right now because it's more important things right now to talk about. But it is my good friend and fellow Lakers fan indeed, uh, Mr. T.J. Johnson. And uh, T.J., I, I wish we were here under better circumstances. <clears throat> I think that's a bit of an uh, understatement. Uh, this is hard, man. I know. This yeah. is truly hard. Yeah, I was prepared. I, I I was ready, and I've been okay. I pray that he's right with God, and I pray that he's that he got everything lined up and everything taken care of as far as will and and things of that nature. But as a fan and as a father to a a, a daughter and. Uh, calls and texts and all day in regards to people just checking on me to make sure I'm okay, which just goes to show that that's how deep my love ran for Kobe. People, people knew. And, you know, as a, as a father, as a husband, I pray for uh, the family, the Brian family. I pray for his wife. I pray for strength at this time to not only have to bury our husband, I have to not only do that to her husband, but to do that to her child as well. It's something that I just, I pray that none of us ever feel personally. I can't imagine that pain. I can't imagine that hurts. I can't imagine that, that term. We're not even forget the, the, the basketball aspect of it. We're just talking about Kobe Bryant as a person. Five years removed from being retired, eligible to go into the, the Hall of Fame this year. He was really just starting to get going, you know, and it's right after retirement, a lot of players tend to not know what they want to do, how they want to do things, how they want to move forward, how they want to take on that next stage. And Kobe Bryant wasn't one of those. Kobe Bryant knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew how he wanted to do it. And he knew exactly the way he wanted to go about getting it done. And he did exactly that. He took the same mantra, that same Mamba mentality that he kept on the basketball court. And he applied it to life after basketball, which a lot of players be professional basketball professional football professional any type of sport haven't been able to do and you know he was able to finally be a, a dad not that he wasn't a dad before but when you're a professional athlete you know you're on the road and you know you miss things like birthdays you miss things like you know Christmas if you're playing on Christmas day or, or things of that nature you miss those type of events and for him to have been able to for the last four and a half going on five years been able to be a dad and be able to be to Gianna's games and spend as much time with Gianna as he has been. I'm grateful as a fan to have been able to see that aspect of his life. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here and still is a very dark time for Los Angeles Lakers fans around the world and basketball fans in general because we're still mourning the death of one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game, Kobe Bean Bryant, who passed away in a helicopter crash along with his daughter Gigi aka Gianna and seven others in a helicopter crash in the Calabasas area in Southern California. It's just been a dark time for a lot of people out there but we're, we're all trying to get through it. We're all trying to pull through it together. Talking about it I think has helped a lot for a lot of people about their feelings, about their memories, about everything that they've gone on and known about how they felt and, and what they've seen when it comes to Kobe Bryant. And here with me today is a good friend to talk about it, a man who I've come to know through the show and also through his awesome site, Lakerholics.net. 
you want to go ahead and talk more about Kobe, your thoughts, your feelings, your memories, there's no better place I'd go than Lakerholics.net to be part of the conversation today. I know him as Tom Wong, and every show I start talking to him and know him as well as Laker Tom. And and Laker Tom, I tell you what, uh, it's a dark time right now for us Laker fans, but we're, we're going to have to pull on through. Well, I think that I can't remember a day as bad as Sunday in a long time. When I got the news of the accident, the, the only thing I could do is say, please, God, no, that can't happen. It was just such a tragic thing. And then you get the different news of, of what's happening and so forth. Such a tragedy. And, and Kobe was such a big part of everything that is Lakers that it's hard to handle the news. I know on the site, it's just been a constant mourning Almost everybody that I know who's a diehard Laker fan was really unable to talk without breaking down into tears yesterday. For me, it was exceptionally difficult because one of the things that I've really admired and respected Kobe for in the last few years is his embracing of his daughter playing basketball. I have two granddaughters, both wear number 24. Both are playing CYO and AAU basketball. I had games with each one of the daughters yesterday. You just had to remember Kobe would have wanted everything to go on. He would have wanted the games to continue, which is why the NBA made their decision not to postpone the games. And But it was really hard to, to do that. It was hard to, at all to talk about him. I know you had a podcast yesterday, and I don't know how you could have gotten through that podcast, Gerald. I'm going to be honest with you. At the beginning, I didn't know I was going to be able to pull through it, but talking to TJ, and I want to thank TJ Johnson, a voice from the underground, also one of my regular hosts as well for doing it. He was not up to it. I was not really up to it, but you know, by the end of it, we were really helping each other out. Yeah, I, I was not in even any shape to talk about it even. I mean, I went down to tell my wife about it, and, and my voice was just breaking up, and I just couldn't handle it. Closest thing for me to ever have that happen again. You know, it's rare that somebody can be so important in your life that you've never met personally. That's, you know, one of your heroes. And and for me, the closest thing was the death of JFK. I can't remember anybody else other than JFK and Kobe Bryant that, that brought me to tears. And part of it was, part of it was not that, you know, I mean, there have been a lot of people that heroes that I've had who've died of natural causes and so forth, but this is just so tragic and the fact that is the fact that his daughter was on the plane and two of her teammates were on the plane 13 year old girls my granddaughters are 13 and 14 my son and i just both looked at each other yesterday and it was just just incomprehensible you just almost cannot believe it happened it was like some bad nightmare movie that you hope you wake up in the morning and it was just a movie we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us, because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school 
now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm talking to Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net and read his great articles that are now available at Medium.com, which he also transfers over to Lakerholics.net. There's a great group of people there waiting to converse with you about the Lakers and the NBA, so do it today at Lakerholics.net. I want to ask you this, heading into the last part of the season, what are some of the things that the Lakers need to focus on in this last part of the season to get tuned up for the playoff run? One of the interesting thoughts is that Frank Vogel has actually said to people that we're not going to show everything we have before the playoffs. All of the discussions we've had in the past about Anthony Davis playing at center have had Anthony coming out very clearly saying, hey, I don't mind playing center when the playoffs come. The Lakers have done a great job with the combo center of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. They have just terrific defensive ratings, terrific rebounding ratings, especially on the offensive glass. Sometimes it doesn't work out because when teams go small like Houston, they play those yep. two right off the court. Yeah, and it is. And, and what's difficult about it is that you know that teams like the Clippers who sag in on the Lakers and, and dare us to shoot from outside and turn the game into you know whether or not we can hit our threes. It's hard when you when you've only got two three point shooters out there and you you've got you know you've got JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard holding one of those spots. And then Rajon Rondo comes in and holds another spot. I think one of the adjustments that we will see, and I also am not one of those who think that you can just pull something off in the playoffs and have it work. You need to actually practice this kind of stuff. And during the season, you don't have time to practice things really. So I expect the Lakers to play a lot more small ball with AD on the floor and LeBron off. I think they'll start surrounding him with more shooters. I don't think we'll see as many people in the rotation as we've seen before, as we've seen up to now. I think we're going to see a narrowing of the rotation. I think there will be some load management in keeping LeBron and 80s minutes down. I expect a big reduction in Rondo's minutes going forward, unless he's just really red hot right off of the bat in a game. I think he may end up spending a lot of time on the fine. They can spin it however they want. They're saving playoff Rondo for the playoffs because that's fine with me and I'm sure it's fine with you, but I think I think we're going to see a lot more of Caruso. I think the big question in my mind for the second half of the season is the job of a coach is to figure out how to get the best out of each one of his players. And I think Frank Vogel has done a good job with that with two exceptions. One exception is Anthony Davis. I think when Anthony Davis is alone without LeBron James to feed him, Vogel needs to try lots of different things to try to get him going and really take advantage of that superstar ability that he has because he really hasn't done a good enough job now of optimizing Anthony's talent when he's playing without LeBron. And then the second player, I think, falls into that same category as Kyle Kuzma. We didn't trade Kuzma at the trade deadline, and I think it was really probably more that we just didn't get the offer that we felt was worth it. But that's not going to protect Kuzma this summer. 
This summer, we will have a first round draft choice to offer. We will have three guys who had no trade. I, I don't know if you can, you can, can't trade it right away. You, you remember that because of the, no, but you can trade. trade it on draft day. Yeah, that's true. You can trade the individual. You can trade, you can trade it on draft day and, and they'll, everybody knows that. So they'll work that out. You've got really three players, JaVale McGee, Rashawn Rondo, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who, because their bird rights would be at risk if they were traded immediately after signing, could not be traded at the trade deadline, but will be eligible should they re-up, and all three of them are likely to re-up, especially if we win a championship. So all of a sudden, you've got a $8 million a year guy, a $5 million a year guy, and a $4 million a year guy that you can now all of a sudden add to the trade assets that you had before. So we're going to be in a lot better situation in the summer. Then also next year, because we're going to be, we're going to be over the salary cap. We have the opportunity to get the full MLE, which is $10 million a year. So there's a lot of weapons that the Lakers will have to improve the team next year, even without giving up, let's say the possibility of, of creating almost max money to offer to Giannis, to sign with the Lakers in 2021. Bogle has to really find out what's the key to getting Kuzma going because he hasn't gotten going. He's still now ranking 10th or 11th on the team in net rating, and he's still not producing and contributing anything close to what it is. And if his value goes down by the end of the year, that's not going to help the Lakers. They really need him to come along and start averaging 17, 18 points per game, start picking up his minutes and so forth, taking minutes away from some of the other guys at the end of the bench. And so I think the focus that Bogle has for the second half of the season is really to do a better job of optimizing the talent that he's got in those two guys and the potential to help the team with those two guys. And if he can do that, that will put us in a really good situation, both entering the playoffs as a better team with more weapons and a tighter rotation and it'll also give us a trade asset in the summertime. So I think the Lakers have a good opportunity to finish this season strong, and I think we'll win the championship. And if we do, then we'll even be better next year. The team was still in mourning for Kobe and Gigi Bryant, but we're still committed to playing the best basketball as a pair of wins over their much-believed two top rivals, the Clippers and the Bucks, in back-to-back games would put the team back in front in the NBA title chase. But the league itself and the world would soon come face to face with a deadly pandemic that brought everything to a crashing halt. It's been a wild ride these past 24 hours with everything going on with the coronavirus. And the NBA has had to make a lot of decisions on the fly, ever-changing situation going on with the coronavirus. At first, the Board of Governors from the NBA had decided that they were going to play in front of no crowds after last night's games. Unfortunately, that changed due to one member of the Utah Jazz, rumored to be Rudy Gobert, who had originally earlier this week mocked the coronavirus and said it wasn't that serious. Well, if that's the case and he has it now, I don't think he's laughing very much at this point in time. And it looks like on top of that, he may have gotten Donovan Mitchell sick as well. So we're going to be discussing that real quick as far as the impact of what's going on, because the NBA has decided at the last minute to not only cancel that game, 
the game against the Pelicans and the Kings. And also they canceled the rest of the season for right now, suspending it until an indefinite date. We don't even know when. We don't have any time frame or anything going on. A lot of fans are confused. A lot of fans are disappointed right now. But here to discuss that with me today is my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the man behind Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. And Laker Tom, I don't know, man. It's just been a wild, crazy 24 hours. I know I was talking to TJ Johnson about it at length, but even after we went off the air, it changed even more. Boy, what a shocker. I, as I told you when before we got on the air, it was like a punch to the gut. You know, the Lakers are, are doing so well, looking like they're really getting in tone for the playoffs. And then you get hit with this. And, and, and it's also been the punches left and right that's happening with the whole economy, uh, with all sorts of people getting sick in different areas. The lackluster effort by the government at this point in time to get ahead of the entire virus situation. You feel like, especially when you're older, like my wife and I are, and uh, we've both had medical issues in the past, that you just want to hunker down. And unfortunately, you can't even watch NBA games and hunker down. Major League Baseball is going to follow in the same thing. Hockey is followed. Major League Soccer is followed. Concerts are being canceled. Political convention or political rallies are being canceled, uh, even by Trump. Broadway's um, been and- canceled. Yeah, so many different facets of our lives have been canceled and put on hold. So many things around the world, soccer events, you name it, rock concerts, music festivals, conventions like you had spoken of. I know for a fact, uh, NAB, E3, CinemaCon, you know, so many. Even movie releases are getting postponed because. That's correct. Nobody's going to want to go into a theater and sit down, you know. A Quiet Place Part 2 was moved out indefinitely because it was opening next week. I do want to say we're wishing everyone good health and continue to help. Just do what you can to protect yourselves and your family out there. But Laker Tom, the impact on this, we've never seen anything like this before, at least in the modern times. And the financial aspect of this and the damage to it, it it's just almost incalculable. Got a lot more to come because this thing is not going to get better before it gets worse. And we look at it from the NBA thing, and it's it, it, the NBA is just a little microcosm of what's really happening around the whole world. And our inability to have done the testing that we should have been doing really at the start has put us really behind the eight ball. I think that the NBA, the 30-day thing for the NBA, we're going to be out even in the most positive hope, 60 to 90 days. And there's still a good chance that the season could just be plain canceled. They're going to try to hold on as long as they can. But the ramifications that that go beyond the sport almost dwarf the little subjects that we're going to talk about here today. And that's the toughest thing to, to deal with. That People are going to lose their lives because of this. On top of that, a lot of people who just have everyday jobs are going to lose what little savings. I mean, what were the statistics that the average American family cannot handle a $300 emergency. This is going to put a lot of people in really serious trouble. So it's almost hard and it's almost silly for us to be talking about what its ramifications are on the NBA. But those are are going to be some serious ramifications. I mean, there could be every team over the salary cap and in the luxury tax territory. They're going to have to renegotiate the CBA next year, especially if they cancel a season. The revenue of the teams 
is going to go down dramatically. Jamie Sweet on our blog posts a, a normal five things uh, article every few days about usually about games. And this time he posted five things about the coronavirus and the NBA suspension and how it's going to affect it. And one of the things he pointed out, he said, is the entire infrastructure for supporting NBA games, all of the guys who take the tickets, that clean the, the arena, that prepare the food, that handle the parking, all of those people, are. what are they going to do for a living? How are they going to survive during that period of time? Players, hopefully, in the Players Association and the NBA will make some moves to take care of them. But then you've got all of the other people, the restaurants that are going to be closing, the stores that are going to be closing. And, and it's just going to have huge ramifications that is going to really, when you combine it with the oil crises and the the obvious direction that we're headed toward for a recession, it's going to really have some some major consequences that are going to affect daily life of everybody in this country and not just a few basketball players. This is Gerald Glassford, and you're listening to the Lakers Championship Rewind right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. <sighs> On the verge of what could be an announcement this week, although I will ask our guest about the rest of the season that could take place for the NBA there's still so many troubling things about what's going on right now within our society and within our culture. Uh, things that are going down, obviously, due to the st stemming from the death of George Floyd, just being the tipping point uh, in our society for some some uh, real action that needs to be made. Some of it's been good. Some of it's been positive as far as the, the dialogue and also the protesting. And some of it hasn't been good as far as the looting and the violence and here to talk about that, plus what the NBA has in mind for the rest of the season, plus a little bit more than that, if we have time, is my good friend. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. It is a good man indeed. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom and Laker Tom. I'm sorry if I'm not in the greatest of moods because of what's going on in our country. It's it's not really a time to be jovial, but we do have to go ahead and address the issues. And, and as somebody who wants to go ahead and update people on what's going on with the NBA and all the rumors out there, this cannot go unnoticed as well. It's tough times for all of us watching what's going on in the country. and It's heartbreaking in many ways and hopefully encouraging. As I said before the show, I've always been a believers that out of great tragedies come great triumphs. So I'm hoping that all of these various things that are happening that are destroying our country, the COVID-19 pandemic, the economic chaos that's resulting from it, and now the racial strife that's running across the country, I'm hoping that we can we can find people inspired by the needs that are so desperate out there that we're going to see 
a great solutions come up for us and starting with an election that that really turns things around. As you said, it's it's just one of those tough times and it it sort of just derails everything that you're thinking about with basketball and, and it's hard to separate it and it's hard to keep the politics out of it, even even on the website. We generally don't talk on Lakerholics.net about politics. I've let some of that come through when we had the pandemic and then we backed off of it again. And and now it's almost inevitable that, that you almost have to talk about it just because of the positions taken by many of the Lakers players, many of the NBA stars, many of the people involved in the sport. Right at a point in time when the NBA is getting ready to make a decision on what they're going to do. You don't want to detract from the announcement and, and you also want to have time to absorb the impact and repercussions that could come out of this entire thing. I'm just praying that we'll see cooler heads prevail and more examples of peaceful cooperation between the police departments and the protesters. There were some just heartwarming situations where police officers knelt down with protesters and, and walked and marched with them and so forth. And those are the types of approaches that we have to have if we're going to solve an endemic problem like the racism in this country. Absolutely, because I believe there is systemic racism in our country. We've seen it come to light on many occasions, too numerous to count. There's a tragedy that has long been overdue in trying to be fixed. And the voices have been out there trying to speak about this for many years, but not enough people have been wanting to listen. And hopefully now, this isn't going to be just part of another vicious cycle where this tragedy about George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and others that have had to endure and had to go through and lost their lives for continue on spiraling down. It just is another part of this vicious circle that we're continuing in year, two years, three years from down the line, as we seem to continuously do. I mean, Charlottesville all over again. And before that, of what I remember in Southern California during Rodney King, and the unfortunate events there and just it, it's just a tragedy and this should already have been stopped and unfortunately it hasn't been yet and there is a need to act and there's a need to protest and there's a need to go ahead and and voice your opinions it needs to be everybody it needs to be everybody that says you know what this has got to stop and this has got to stop now and this has led to a lot of violence a lot of looting a lot of damage a lot of property being destroyed, a lot of people being injured or killed, a lot of reporters, which, you know, for me, with my journalism background, is is truly disheartening to hear that journalists are being caught in the fray and being intentionally targeted by both police, primarily, which is even more troubling. But the issue of systemic racism has to be stopped. It has to be quashed. It has to be dealt with. And there's got to be some point in time where people draw a line in the sand. They're drawing that line in the sand right now, and it's just got to be dealt with. It's got to be dealt with sooner rather than later. Is my good friend right here. He, you got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, thanks so much for being part of the show. And All right, my friend. A lot of tough things that we're going through. I've been checking out a lot of social media, including what you've had to say as well. Some very troubling times. But as I said on yesterday's show, it's a vicious cycle. It's been going on for hundreds of years. Just a vicious cycle going forward and forward and forward. 
and we're speaking out and protesting and doing all these things again that we have done before and should be more forceful about, especially from people of my ethnicity, about the wrongs and the injustices in our lives. And, you know, obviously it's been culminated with the, the unfortunate death and murder of George Floyd. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. But also, a little later on, I also wanted to hear your thoughts on how the NBA, which you know has been of the four major sports in this country, more progressive. Mm-hmm how they should be able to handle it. But I want to hear your thoughts and the floor is yours, my friend. I want to know exactly uh, in this type of situation, what is it that we truly need to be looking for? It's tough to watch. I mean, I've been glued to CNN for the last four days now. I don't think I've posted a video on my site and then I have one that I'm ready to upload, but I just feel like it's not the, not the right time, right? Yeah, I just feel like a lot of people aren't paying attention to sports. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, I have seen Woj tweet, but it just seems like this story is the dominant story of not only just here in the States, but but in the, the world. The world is watching. And in my opinion, I think I may have a different view because I've I've been fortunate enough to live in different parts of the world and... Uh, I've heard like the opinions of non-Americans about Americans. And then I've also seen how I think that in a sense, we kind of have like an American arrogance where we never thought that this would happen here. We never thought that there'd be like a disease that would come out and have the country on lockdown. We never thought that we'd have, you know, like choppers flying above DC or the military national guard being called into multiple cities. So I think for America, we have to look at ourselves and realize that we're not much different than some of these other countries that you see in the Middle East. We always like to speak out on human rights issues around the mm-hmm. world. Hong Kong is probably the latest that we that yeah. you know it's been talked about, but yet we haven't handled our own human rights issues very well in our own country. Yeah, it's just kind of been with the you know, kind of like just putting a Band-Aid over a wound that has been going on for a while. And then I think that what's going on with the the pandemic, what happened in Minnesota, and then Trump kind of banged the flames is just kind of like a perfect storm of things that have all come together at the same time. Because, I mean, I think that is the reason, because we've there's been videos of police brutality before. You know, he's not the first person to say, I can't breathe. And it, it, it ended up, you know, making the news. I mean, I forgot what year it was, but a bunch of the NBA players were wearing the I can't breathe t-shirts. So Kobe's not uh, the on the Laker time. forum. Kobe mm-hmm. on the Lakers forum. He's been shown his. I could just tell you from my experience living in Los Angeles up until the year 1995, one of the most memorable moments for me was the racial tensions during Rodney King uh, mm-hmm. and those issues. And, and just... You know, I my car broke down on uh, about just a year after it happened at Florence and Normandy, you're right at the flashpoints of those riots. So, you, you know, I was there and I felt the nervousness, I felt the tension even a year later. So it mm-hmm. it's just some you know something that should have been eradicated a long time ago, but we just have tried to ignore it and push it to the side as far as people of my color. And it's you know it is late. We're doing this, and I, I cannot apologize enough to everyone out there for for what people of of my ethnicity have done and treated for so many years but 
I don't know what to say at this point, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, it's just being recorded now. I think that's the biggest difference, that there's evidence. And I don't know what can happen from all of this, but one of the things that I'm seeing is that there's so many people that are standing up for what's right. So it's not like it's a, you know, it's all black protesters and it's not black versus white. It just seems like it's right versus wrong. And so I've been seeing people from all different ethnicities and colors coming together. And uh, I mean, even now, like with CNN playing, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe the protests are going to die down. And no, they started earlier today. Because of the curfews and all that. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of it from that perspective. Because um, so they start earlier because it, it, yeah, as the curfews come in, uh, it seems to turn up the violence even more. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not condoning the the violence that's going on in the looting, but I guess historically, change has come from riots. You know, just in past history, and so I haven't had to like check myself. I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook page, but I've been to the Louvre in France. I've been to the museums in, in Beijing. I've been to a museum in Cairo, Egypt. And, and I just thought about it. It's like when I go to these museums and they show like this different artwork, it's all stolen from riots. Saw you mention that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I mean, I've spent money at going to these museums to see different things. And it's, it's a bunch of artifacts that were stolen from riots. And so I had to check myself and say like, man, I've contributed to, I mean, even though like the person who probably stole the painting, sold it to somebody else and sold it. And it's been probably sold, you know, multiple times over, but it is stolen artifacts. And so, and riots and, Stealing is part of what's going on in riots. And so unfortunately, it's just televised also. So look, it doesn't look like people are stealing art. You just see people stealing shoes and t-shirts and from high-end stores. So I'm not saying that it's right, but I just know that usually comes along with a riot. It is. I mean, it's aggression. It's people lashing mm-hmm. out at their society, at the things that's going on. And 2020 has been a, a boiling over point for our society as a whole, but especially here in America with the highest death rate from COVID, especially to people of African-American ethnicity. I mean, it's the, the disease has targeted that group more than any other uh, from what we're seeing in the statistics is that, you know, it's just, it's just very tragic. And you're seeing all this boil over into a lot of aggression and the rhetoric that's been distributed out there by our, our current president and just fanning the flames and just it's been tragic it's been a sense of frustration and while the, the looting and the violence is is not something that we want to see is like you said it's just something that often correlates itself it's usually peaceful protests but you'll see a segment of the population take out their frustrations in a different manner yeah i mean they were going crazy in new york last night I, i've been stand up to like one o'clock central time, just watching. And even more interesting is like in some cities, it's not being shown on the local news and it's only been on CNN. So some people aren't even really aware of everything that's going on in their city. But I just don't know when it's gonna end. I mean, I thought like 
thought, okay, maybe it'll slow down on Monday. Then it's, it just looks like it's still going on. I hope it doesn't get to the point where it ends up being like people versus the military. Yeah. And so I think that's what Trump wants. You know, he keeps using the word domination. And so even like the tweets that he posted today, he felt like DC was successful because they dominated the protesters. So I'm just kind of just amazed. Cause I mean, you think about it, like we've watched the news and we've seen like the riots and the protests and the wars going on in the Middle East and like the Lebanons and Israel. And even like when they have their protests and riots in like Europe, but we never think like that's, that can happen here, <laughs> you know? And if it does, we may think like it may happen in one city, but not every major city has had their own form of protest, some peaceful, but a lot of them have not ended peacefully. It's been a shame to see Americans turning on Americans and mm. the people who we look upon to protect our society and our police are quickly, in some occasions, mistreating others. You know, we've already seen it. This was the root of it, but mm -hmm. we're seeing it even now, each and every day, where police officers, the boiling over point has happened and they're already striking out and lashing out against protesters, against journalists, which is also very troubling to me. It's wrong. It's wrong on every level. And there's so many mistakes being made continuously. We just don't learn from these mistakes. You said when you were going to the museums and seeing those artifacts, which were stolen in and of themselves, shows us right there that from history, we just don't learn from our mistakes. With the coronavirus still wreaking havoc and protests worldwide over racial injustice still very much at the forefront, no one was really sure if the NBA could or should return to action at any point in time in the near future. But the league did finally make a decision, and it would be one that the Lakers and their fans would not soon forget. In the final part of our journey, we'll play back how we covered the best of those moments. So make sure you keep tuning into us right here on the Lakers Fast Break channel, as we remember the defining moments of the 2019-2020 season in our Lakers Championship Rewind. This is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.